Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Wildcast. Um, like buses, you wait months for, for one to come along and then bam, here we are, back-to-back weeks. Um, we're dropping episodes. Here we are, we've had the first weekend of the NIHL Spring Cup. Uh, I'm joined again by Tom, as always, and Joe Scuss is back from NIHL Stats. So boys, we've had the first weekend of the uh, the Spring Cup. The Cats are finding themselves on the back of two defeats, uh, 5-4 on saturday night at the link and then 4-2 on the road up in sheffield on sunday night tom we'll start with you what was your thoughts on the uh the two string games um i thought they were both pretty good games um i think despite the results the cats played pretty well in both games i think we can we can say that i think there were certainly encouraging signs obviously you know we'll talk about sheffield a, a little bit but sheffield have an exceptionally good team in this competition and yeah, it was they were always going to be two tough games, but I think there were certainly, you know, some promising signs. And I think um, maybe unlike the streaming series, the games felt a bit more structured, perhaps would be the word. There wasn't as maybe as many defensive errors, you know, those little things going in there. So yeah, it was two really, um, really competitive games. I think we were a kind of a bad few minutes in Sheffield Costas, you know, and then obviously one player who we will I'm sure mention at length at some point in this podcast came to really haunt us on 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 Saturday but yeah they were two excellent games and yeah a lot of a lot of positives to work from I think. Uh, Joe what about your thoughts? Yeah I mean Tom summed it up pretty much perfectly there the two games it was nice to see hockey back after three months it was nice to see you know the level of players especially now and the two teams a lot of GB internationals as well. A lot of GB internationals playing. Um, but yeah, as Tom said, it was two games. One was decided by, I don't want to say a one-man performance because that's a bit harsh on the rest of the team. And the other one was decided by a mad two-and-a-half-minute spell at the start of the game. Yeah, I think you look at, we'll start with Saturday night, going into a little bit more detail. You both touched on him then. We can't really go any further without mentioning uh, the wonderful Liam Kirk. Uh, four goals on the night. It did at times feel a little bit like the Liam Kirk versus Aaron Nell show, um, which is a bit harsh on the other two teams, the rest of the other teams, because they they were playing and it was certainly good. But yeah, hat tricks apiece. Liam got a fourth. Um, just how good was his performance on Saturday night, guys? Um, well, he was, you know, outstanding. I think is the is the simple answer to that. I mean, his finishing was so clinical, and you know he looked a step faster than most of the other players on the ice, and that's not me trying to disrespect any of the other guys on the ice, but you can just see the level he's reached now after a couple of years working in, you know, North America and playing in the OHL, you know, against some of, you know, the best players of his age in the world. And yeah, you can absolutely see, you know, what an incredibly talented player that Liam Kirk is becoming. And you don't get drafted, you know, in the NHL, you know, particularly as a player from a non kind of traditional hockey nation without having you know a little bit of a little bit of talent about you I think is the right word and yeah it was it was an excellent it was an outstanding performance as you say a bit of a case of Kirk versus Nell in terms of the goal scoring department I think you know they obviously combined for seven of the nine goals on the night so a bit of an entertaining duel between those two but yeah I think Kirk can definitely um definitely look forward to some more games with plenty of goals and he continues to play at that level the rest of this competition yeah it's like I spoke to him in the first period break and it was he's obviously in a tough 
situation. There's there's no there's no hockey for him in Canada at the moment. He went abroad and he kind of I think from from what I understand, I could be wrong, that league kind of that kind of shut down. He came back to the UK and was waiting to go back to the OHL and that again has been delayed again and it, he's kind of fallen on as he's fallen on his old team in Sheffield just at the right time for the spring cup. Uh, but I mean, Joe, what, did, what was your thoughts on, uh, on Kirky over the weekend? I mean, it's very impressive. He's a very different player to the one we saw. What was it? Three, four years ago now, maybe even longer. Um, I remember being linked for what was his, it was his first, well, his first season, definitely. And even then you could see that the talent was there. Obviously, now he's come back after a year with the Steelers and years with Peterborough. And it's the speed aspect of it, which is the most impressive. Like, it's... There was a there was a point in the game on Saturday night where you've got Liam Kirk versus Neil Lydiard in a race for the puck. And I love Lids, but you're never going to win that race, my man. Um, I mean, what else can you say? Five goals across the two games, six points on the weekend was by far and away the standout player on the ice over the two nights. I dread to think what he's going to do to the other three teams in this competition. It's He's obviously going to have to be a marked man now, much in the way that we saw Aaron Nell and Jonas Hoog be marked for years. Now Liam Kirk's the one with the target on his chest and back. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And, you know, obviously, you know, this is a, po- a podcast with an element of Swindon bias on it. You know, we are, you know, doing it from Wildcats perspective. And certainly you look at the Wildcats team and they match up, in my mind, well against most most of the teams in this competition. And the fact that Liam Kirk came in and took apart a reasonably solid team with a reasonably solid defence is definitely a warning shot to both the Wildcats, but also the three other teams that, you know, he is a guy who is going to take some stopping, you know, as we go deeper into this spring cup. And if he's still around after that, however, whatever happens with the OHL, you know, he's going to, you know, he's going to be scoring points. And that's not disrespectful at all to any of the other players, because obviously there are some fantastic players in this competition. You know, Sheffield have another four or five GB internationals on that roster. We had a couple of two or three guys who've got GB caps on the roster and four of include and of course Aaron Nell is also a cap by GB. So we've got guys there with international experience. But yeah, Kirk, you can definitely tell is even at a young age, you know, going to be an incredible talent um, in terms of the level that he's, he's playing at. Yeah, and in a, in a minute or two, we're going to be joined by um, Wildcats forward Balint Pocosi just to give us a, a bit of insight into his thoughts and the team's thoughts on how the weekend went. But from a Swindon perspective, guys, obviously, like Tom touched on, we are kind of Swindon biased a little bit here, but anyone kind of pick up, obviously we know Aaron scored three goals, you know Tom's got one late on, but anyone else kind of imp- impress from what you guys saw over the weekend? Well, yeah, I would say that obviously we saw two very solid net-minded performances over the weekend from both Rennie and Jordan Ma. Um, Rennie looked really sharp. Uh, he was only beaten by Liam Kirk, given that Ben O'Connor's goal at the end was an empty netter. So Liam Kirk was the only guy who could beat Rennie in his start, um, and he made one truly remarkable save on Ben Lake, which 
as it will get, I think, replayed over and over again on social media and, you know, highlights packages. It was, you know, a real top level stop, you know, I think the goal light may have even come on, you know, I think everyone just assumed the puck was in and yeah, it was a fantastic save. And then Jordan's come in on, you know, for his four game loan spell, he's come in on um, Sunday in a, in a tricky spot, you know, he's never played for the Wildcats with this defensive unit around him. He's not played in 11 months. This was his first game for 11 months and he's come out, he's been shelled a little bit at the beginning. We got, the Cats got off to a, you know, a slow start and that's on the team, not just the netminder. I think as a team that we'll probably look back at that and say, could we have done more in those first five, six minutes? And yeah, like we could have. There were a couple of times where we gave the dogs just a bit too much, I think, space and respect perhaps early on uh, but that's understandable you know you get those bus legs and the steel dogs are going to have those guys on the team you know you've got your O'Connors and your Hewitts and your Kirks your Jonathan Phillips and they're going to punish you if you do come out slowly but after you know his three goals in whatever it was two and a half three minutes in that spell in the first period he's conceded one goal the rest of the night so I don't think I think we're going to be happy with both the net-minded performances. I also want to just have a shout out to the fourth line, who they got a goal at the end of the of the um, Sheffield game through Reed Sayers, but Reed Sayers, Jack Goodchild, and mostly Jordan Kelso, kind of playing that fourth line role. And I thought they looked really good. I thought they were really energetic. They got them put themselves around. They weren't overawed by the fact they were playing against you know much more experienced players than them. And yeah, I think they, they got a shout out on the commentary from the. Sheffield commentators on a Sunday that how how noticeable that they were and I think you know Sayers took his goal superbly unfortunately it was a bit of a consolation late in the game but you know I think hopefully that signs of a sign of what he can do for us going forwards and yeah I think they deserve they deserve a mention because on the stats stats page it's not going to show up very much you know they didn't apart from that one that one goal I think Council got an assist on that goal they didn't do an awful lot statistically, but I certainly think they made their mark on the game. I mean, yes. Um, just look at it, obviously, a bit disappointingly, the fact that you've come out of two games with two losses. Um, Sunday night in particular, where it was yeah, a two-and-a-half-minute spell where you let the dogs get three goals on you, it doesn't matter what team you do that with. If you go 3-0 down, it's very hard to come back from. Yes, we've seen teams do it in the past but it takes a lot of work and especially against a team that is well I don't want to say well drilled because they can't really be well drilled but have a strong defensive unit and a lot of boys who have been there for a number of years now and particularly in my eye anyway one of the most underrated goalies in the league in Dmitry Zamozdra you can't afford that and Swindon have known that for years if you let teams get up on you it's very difficult to come back um Saturday night, there were a few moments, obviously, I think everyone will agree that there was, I don't want to say lapses, there was just moments where, you I mean, you can't let Liam Kirk skate right through the middle and be alone in front. There's, there, it will learn. They've only played, well, two games. I can't imagine they've had much practice in the weeks beforehand. They'll, they'll get it together. It's something they'll learn from and hopefully they'll change that ahead of this weekend coming up. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I, there's definitely an element of okay, both sides have played four games or six, four games each in the streaming series, but 
generally it's the first kind of proper meaningful game they've played since March. And it wasn't just, like you said, there were, there were times where, yeah, Liam Kirk skated through everybody and you kind of think, yeah, this wouldn't normally happen in a February, uh, a February Swindon uh, Sheffield game. But also from a Sheffield perspective, you look at the first goal Swindon scored and you've got Davy Phillips, a GB international that completely turned it over from behind his net and there was Aaron in the slot. It There was definitely elements over both games the weekend of rust and just match sharpness. And I think you're right, it'll come back. I think, yeah, Tom, you, you were spot on. The, uh, um, the fourth line was superb. I really thought all weekend. Uh, the one the one guy that stood out to me um, was was Jordan Kelsall as well. I thought kind of under the radar, didn't necessarily... Okay, he got a couple of assists, I think, Sunday night, but um, I just worked hard all over the ice, and I think I'd kind of forgotten what kind of a player he was since he last played for us what, two or three years ago. And again, maybe not so much of like Liam Kirk has um, kind of gone to the OHL come back and completely developed his game. But I think you can definitely tell that Jordan's had a couple of years in the elite league and has come back a much more all-round player. Yeah, and I think with Jordan, he sort of brings a little bit of what the Cats have lost with the departure of Luke Johnson in terms of that sheer 100% on every shift work ethic and speed. And probably, um, you know, he's got a bit of a, you know, he can score a few goals. He can chip in. He got a couple of assists at the weekend. We know he can chip in with a big goal now and then, um, or more than more than now and then. Often he's, you know, not he's not a guy who can't put the puck in the net. And yeah, he's he's. But he, I think, the biggest thing with Jordan is that work ethic and that speed. And it's definitely something that's going to benefit the Cats both on the kind of five on five, but also on special teams. You know, he can play on the power play, and he can now play on the penalty kill as he showed at the weekend you know he had a couple of really good penalty killing shifts I thought um, in that role that is kind of in that's an area that has been diminished obviously for the while well not diminished but it has changed the kind of shape of that with the departures of Eddie Leveris and Luke Johnson and obviously Chris Jones being unavailable for this cup you've got three guys they did kill a lot of penalties last year who aren't on the roster so other guys have got to step up and one of those guys is going to be Jordan Gelsall You've uh, you kind of nailed nailed that there. I think that's that's kind of spot on. And speaking of uh, speed and and skill and work ethic, we're uh, let's let's take a little pause for a tangent here because we're going to get joined by Wildcat Sword um, Balint Pekozzi. So let's let's have a little think of what uh, Balint thought of the weekend. Balint, first things first. Uh, you've been playing hockey again. I guess you must be buzzing to have got back on the ice last weekend. Yeah, very exciting, very exciting times and. Uh... I just, I'm just looking forward to play as much hockey as we can. What was it like uh, those games against Sheffield Saturday night and Sunday away? Uh, they were good, kind of what we expected. There, these they're a pretty good team, so they came out fast, and uh, I feel like we were more ready than uh, last time than the streaming series. But uh, yeah, there were some good games, and I'm yeah, like I said, I'm just happy to be playing again. And you got to play against some uh, pretty impressive hockey players from the uh, the world of Great Britain ice hockey as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they have some uh, good players and we had a lot of uh, line matchups going on. So got to see a lot of them uh, a lot of the times on the ice. And yourself, you uh, scored your uh, first goal of the series on Sunday night as well. I guess that must be a pretty good moment, even if it was in the loss. Yeah, I mean, the main thing is, is trying to win some games, but... It is, yeah, it was nice to score and 
I had a couple other chances that I should have scored on, so it was nice to uh, finally get one. Um, and you're obviously not the only OHA graduate on the Wildcats team. What's it like to be playing with some of those guys again this year? Oh, I mean, it's great. I mean, uh, Jordan, it's obviously it's just for a short time, so... But me and Jordan are pretty good friends, so it's uh, great to be playing again with each other. So that's really good. And then, yeah, I know the other boys. Uh, I don't, I didn't actually play with uh, Reed or Jack when they were OHA, so I don't know them that well. But uh, but yeah, yeah, it was great playing with Jordan again and uh, Benny. It's been a long time uh, since I played with Benny as well. Um, yeah, and you've got, I've been told, three goals already um, from memory in the kind of your short spell with the Wildcats. What's it, is it kind of good for you to kind of get a few goals early on to kind of settle in to the team? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's who doesn't like to score goals, right? So it's always <laughs> nice. It's always nice to score some goals, yeah. But yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot actually Tom's as well. I spent a lot of time with Tom's as well at the at OHA. Actually, we had a lot of classes together during uh, school. So yeah, he's my line mate as well. You won't be happy about that, but yeah, sorry, thanks. <laughs> and and um, how are you finding kind of the adapting to the NIHL, having obviously spent the last couple of years over in North America? Is it kind of a different kind of pace for you? Or? Uh, yeah, it's 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 different in in some ways. It's uh, I feel like uh, I feel like in America, it's here, it's a bit more chippy. Whereas America was just pure more physicality, like there was just more hits and more like contacts all around. And I feel like here it's just obviously it's grown men, so just in general, every everyone's kind of just stronger, if that makes sense. Whereas in America, I felt like it was more a bit more um, like the speed of the players was a bit faster, but here it's just stronger. And yeah, but like even compared to some of the American ice, the Swindon ice is still pretty small. So, so it's, uh, so that was, that was still pretty fast. What's it been like uh, kind of playing the systems and stuff Aaron's put in place? Has it been quite similar to what you've played before from coaching styles or is it completely different as a, as a Cats player coming into this season? Uh, It's, it's not too it's not too difficult i mean i like to think i'm pretty good at adapting to it but i'm still i still talk to uh aaron and richie quite a lot about it and just try to make sure i'm understanding everything but uh we had a lot of we had a lot of um like like board sessions and like video sessions with in america so we had we were like some of our coaches were uh like really on it on that stuff so i'm i'm kind of used to it it was a bit crazy in a sense just everything was so detailed so uh, I'm kind of happy that Aaron just lets us kind of play a little bit more that's kind of suits my style I feel like a little more and in the crazy world we're living in at the moment what's it like a COVID game day as opposed to a normal kind of game day that you're used to the last few years uh yeah it's it's definitely definitely a little bit different but honestly I mean I obviously playing one touch is is a big thing that we kind of do as a team together all the time and it's just kind of always gets the boys going and stuff and just the fact that you have to sit in different rooms in the locker room and you kind of don't have the chat don't you, even mid-period you're trying to speak to some of your line mates and it's not as easy as it would be where you just go up and sit next to them and just have a word about some things so just little things like that it's just different the warm-up and stuff is you know you kind of do my own thing and I think everyone kind of does their own thing so 
that's that part is it's not that different but just uh just the talking to your line mates and that sort of stuff that's what's really different and uh it's just hard and just have to find the right times to make sure everything is safe and how are you finding kind of playing in empty rinks with no fans is it kind of does it change the way you kind of approach the game or is it just kind of you block it out and carry on uh well in america we didn't have too many fans so i mean it's junior hockey so we don't we don't i mean we had maybe like 40 50 fans a game if it was you know playoffs and stuff obviously get more but and even in sweden i mean even so even then normally we'd get like 100 150 max at games so I haven't really played in front of a full crowd before too much anyway. So, I mean, I mean I'm kind of used to just the quiet and just uh, not having anyone there. But obviously, it's, you know, I'm really looking forward to when the whole stadium is full, the whole rink is full, and then we can get some noise in there. And then that'd be, that, that's going to be a lot better. But it's almost like that's going to be newer for me than playing in an empty rink. So I feel like having fans is going to be... Uh, yeah, that's going to be new rather than playing an empty stadium being new. And this weekend coming, the uh, the bees head to the rink. What would you expect them to bring? Uh, I mean, I don't really, uh, I looked at their roster a little bit, but like, I don't really, you know, know a couple of their guys, but not nothing special. I expect it to be a good game. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're not looking too good right now, so we have to get some wins. So that's really the only thing I'm worried about. I'm not too worried about whoever they have or what kind of team they have. I just try to win some games and then see where we go, see where we go from there. And obviously you said a couple of times the most important thing is to win, you know, is to win as a team. And that is obviously what everyone, everyone in the sport wants. But do you have any kind of personal targets for kind of I know it's difficult in a not knowing how many games you're going to play this season but do you have any kind of personal targets of what you're looking to do and how you're going to try and help the team uh not really i mean i mean obviously you want to score goals obviously you get some get some points on the board so yeah of course i but i mean i don't really put a number to that it's always you know nice to go on the board but yeah like you said just Winning is winning is fun, and then obviously if the team is doing well, then there's a good chance that I'll be doing well as well. So that's that's really and looking into the future. I mean, yeah, I just want to play as many games as we can. Like if we could go until the end of May, then yeah, I'd be down. Like I would play until the end of July if we could. So I mean, I just want to play. <laughs> and going back to kind of the coming weekend against uh, the bees, obviously. They've got a couple of former OHA players in Deacon Fielder and Josh Kelly, who obviously you played with before. Are you looking forward to kind of going up against them? Yeah, 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 of course. I It's going to be exciting. I live with uh, Deacon. Actually, we shared a room for two years, so I know him pretty well. But yeah, it's it's going to be a fun time. It's always nice uh, to see them in the corners and then we'll see what happens. And have you... Uh... Kind of, is there been much conversation between the XOHA boys? Because I know a few of the guys are playing. I think uh, maybe Harry Gulliver's down in uh, London as well. Is it kind of a, f- a familiar faces pretty much every time you go to the ice at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's always it's always fun to play against people that you know and that you played with because you kind of just 
every face up you line up, you just have a little have a little chat and just see what they're up to. And I don't even though some guys you stay in contact with, some guys you don't stay in contact with that much. So it's not like outside the rink. It's some of them sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. But at the rink, it's always nice, and you always just reconnect like it was back in the old days. And then just kind of have a little laugh and then get on with the game and then you kind of always give the extra 10 20 percent when you're in the corners with them and i guess you've got um another two or three training sessions this week before the before the weekend's games and work as hard as you can ready for hopefully a, a big game on saturday night yeah yeah we got two more sessions this week and then uh then we're playing on saturday and then uh should be fun i mean I think the boys are ready to play. I think everyone's just happy to play, play, and uh, yeah, I think we're I think we're in pretty good shape. We're looking uh, we're looking pretty good. I think our lineup is very strong as well. Got all four lines going and got a solid decor, and we have two great goalies. Like the goaltending was pretty good on the weekend, I thought as well. So I really uh, there's always a couple of things we can improve on, but I thought we. I thought we looked better than we looked during the streaming series. Balin, I uh, I think that's it. Thank you. Uh, thanks very much for for your time and uh, best of luck for for this coming weekend. Yeah, thanks for having me. No worries. Uh, take care and speak soon. Bye bye. So thanks for uh, Balin for joining us there. It was great to chat and get the uh, his inside thoughts on on how he thought the weekend had gone, uh, how he's settling back into to being in Swindon. It's been a few years since he was here with OHA and. Like he said, there's a lot of guys that on the team and both that he's going to be going up against that are familiar to him and, and he's played with before on the ice. And I guess it's kind of now time to look forward as we're doing this this weekend. We've got the uh, the Bees IHC in the first their first game well, since they were the Bracknell Bees. Um, and their first game of the tournament, obviously it's, we've, we've already played two. We played the streaming series. So the Bees team, uh, yeah, is, was announced last week. We've got some headline names in there. You've got Kieran Long and Bobby Chamberlain and to go with other more familiar names with the the, the Bees logo. You've still got the names like Harvey Stead and, and James Galassi in there. So let's let's throw this one over to, uh, to Joe first. But uh, the Bees, what do you think? Well, as I put it out in the pre piece, I did as a player four has entered the game. It's it's nice to see uh, another team back at it. And I believe the way I phrased it in my piece was I said, uh, it's just nice to see them actually back. We've sat through the entire summer and all through March of the news of the John Nutcliffe Centre closing and them not being and them being homeless. They found a place in Slough. Then the season gets delayed, and it's just nice to see it. I think. It's hard to imagine a league at this level without some form of Bees Ice Hockey Club here. And it's just nice to see. Um, in terms of the roster, they've lost a lot of pieces. Um, you just have to look at the first, the two names obviously jump off the list of people who aren't there in Dominic Goodbye and Roman Malinik. Um, they combined for 62 goals last year. And I believe it's about 35% of all their team goals by those two forwards. I mean, Malinik, we've seen him around for years now. He was, well, the sheriff, I think they called him down there. He's your usual power forward. He scores goals at will. But Dominic Goodbye, as soon as he set foot on the ice, 
he was something else. And like, I don't think anybody scored as many points in the space that he did since his arrival. He's a big loss. I know it's only for 12 games. He said he'll be back next year. It's, you've got a field, obviously, they have got guest players in. We were expecting that kind of stuff. As you said, Bobby Chamberlain's in, Kieran Long's come in. It's a very experimental B-side. Um, it feels like a side where it's built with next year in mind. The whole idea of there are people there who are, I don't want to say playing for contracts. Playing for contracts sounds harsh, but they're looking to impress. You, you, they want, obviously, we've got people like Deacon Fielder who was signed up and has come over. Uh, Ed Bradley, I believe, has come over from the United States as well. Both of those guys have medals of GB under-20s. There's a lot to like. It's a very young roster. There's only two players aged over 30. Um, it's going It's going to be weird. It's not going to be the B-side you're used to seeing. I don't think they're going to play as physical as they usually would. They're going to be organised. That's one thing you can expect from a Doug Shepard side. It's just how well the side actually gels together for the 12 games they've got. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with with that completely. I mean, it is a young side. There is inexperience in there. I mean, there are definitely experienced players. You know, Kieran Long, James, James Galazzi, been around a long time. Bobby Chamberlain, you know, we know what he can bring. Stuart Mogg, one of those guys who he feels like he's been around forever now he's you know been coming through that Basingstoke system and then moving on obviously on to Racknell and now staying with the bees and then moved to Slough and captaining the side so I would I would agree it looks more of a side built around speed than perhaps previous bees teams which were maybe as you say a bit more physical I don't know whether that is just a sign of the changing times or whether that's a Doug trying something different this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously losing, I, I don't want to completely just sit here and repeat what Joe has just said, but losing Dominic Goodbye is a huge, huge loss for them. He was, uh, he, was a, he was a revelation when he came in last year and it's a real handful to play against. And it does, you know, it does take something away from the side not having him there. Obviously, I would expect Kieran Long, Bobby Chamberlain, Lewis Hook and the returning Van Antonoff to be able to pick up some of that slack um, because, you know, they are, those four are all very much proven scores at this level. And I think Josh Waller coming in from Guildford will be an interesting one to watch as well because we've not seen what he, he can do at kind of a top six role, which I would imagine he'll have on this B side. Um, whereas obviously in Guildford, he's chipped in and got that third, fourth line role and chipped in with a cup, you know, he scored one quite sensational goal last year for the Flames where he went, you know, coast to coast, which is impressive for a young player to do in the Elite League. But yeah, it's, um, it's an, it is an interesting Bees team. I think it's tricky. I think defensively there's question marks, but not necessarily a lack of talent but certainly maybe a lack of experience. You know, you've lost Ed Nags, who was arguably your number one D-man last year and probably played the most minutes of any D-man on that Bees team. The guys you've brought in are good players. Don't get me wrong. Deacon Fielder, we know, is a good player. Josh Kelly's got a couple of years of NIHL experience behind him now. Ed Bradley's a GB under-20s player. You know, those three are all guys with talent. It's just you're chucking them out against GB internationals. You know, you're chucking them out against Liam Kirk, against... 
Jonathan Phillips when they played Sheffield against Ben Davies, Aaron Nell, Thomas Malazinski, Matt My- Matthew Myers when you play Swindon. It's, it's going to be a big test for that defensive core. It's going to be a big test for the net-minding duo of Goss and Milton because it's a step up for them as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they do. I'm not, I don't want it to sound, that probably sounds more negative than it's intended to be. I think they're going to work really hard. They're going to give it 100% and they're going to be a tough team to beat. Don't get me wrong because they're not going to give anyone an easy game. But I do feel like the defence are going to have to learn on the job and they're going to have to learn on the job quickly. And it's going to be big for, I think, Harvey Stead and Stuart Mogg are going to have to really break into... Obviously, Mogg is captain, is a leader, but I think Harvey Stead as well is going to have to take a big leadership role on that blue line because he's now one of the most experienced players on that team. Yeah, I think you're right. It's going to be... It's definitely going to be a different Bees team to watch this weekend, uh, even if they do have some fairly familiar names in that lineup from from Bees hockey and, and other hockey um, at the moment. But from a Swindon perspective, I guess... I'm going to ask you guys a question. I've got an answer in the back of my mind and I feel like one of you is probably going to say what I'm thinking. Um, what do we need to do differently this weekend against the Bees? The first thing, obviously, would be not start slow. There were times, especially the first period, both games where it was skating through treacle. Um, other things in you also take into account are it feels like a trap game. Um people will look at that Bees roster and take it for granted, thinking we'll just need to rock up and that'll be it. Teams did it at times last year until they got goodbye in. They can't do that. They have to be going from puck drop to the final buzzer. Uh, the third variable for me, honestly, is it's the, the one thing we haven't mentioned in all this. It's not the John Knight Leisure Centre. They're playing in Slough. And speaking from my experience of going there the last two years, it is... I don't want to say a tricky rink. It's very wide, like the John Knight was. It's a bit narrower. The boards are uber bouncy there. They are almost comically bouncy. If you dump the puck in, it fires back out to the blue line at times. Um, and it's not just Swindon that will have to get used to playing to that. Obviously, Bracknell have only had a couple of training sessions by the looks of it. They'll have to get used to that kind of style of it. Um, it would be nice to see, obviously, how the difference in gap is between Swindon, who have played two games already, Bracknell, who haven't had a couple of training sessions. It's going to be an interesting weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with Joe on that. I think you've got to start fast. You can't, you don't want to be going a goal, conceding a sloppy couple of early goals and be going into a kind of end-to-end chasing the game type game against a team that have Kieran Long and Vanya Antonov and Lewis Hook because they're going to be able to stretch you. And Doug Shepard team's are going to be organised defensively. You know, they're not going to be easy to break down if they can defend a lead. And I think you've also, we say, we say it, you know, they, they aren't going to be necessarily as physical as previous team, Bees teams. But it's still a Bees team and it's still the M4 derby. And the last thing you want to do is get drawn into any silly stuff and t- start taking penalties, particularly as we know there are additional you know, penalties being handed out, misconduct penalties being handed out because of COVID for certain infractions, you know, roughing and fighting after the whistle. So the last thing you want to do is start getting players dragged into confrontations, letting the heat of the derby get to you. Now, obviously not having a crowd might take some of that away, but yeah, the last thing you want to do is take silly penalties and end up with guys sitting in the box for 
15 minutes at a time because they've got a two plus two and then a 10, miscon- 10 minute misconduct on top of that. Well, the good news is, whilst I completely agree with what both of you have said, neither of you said the one thing I was going to talk about. So that's great. That's good. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right. Like you said, it is a derby. We know that. We know what Swindon B's games have been like in the past. It will be different. As Joe said, playing in Slough is going to make something completely different because that game on Sunday afternoon at, I think it's two o'clock face-off there, is it's not just Swindon playing in Slough for the first time in four or five years. It's the Bees playing in Slough for the first time. It, it's two teams of players who have not really played in that rink, if at all, especially as it's been uh, refurbished. But for me, the key thing for Swindon to do this weekend is... Um, the power play. I think that's a key part from looking at last weekend where it didn't click. Um, We know that Chris Jones is not around uh, for this series. And I think there's an element of you don't necessarily have, I think we've kind of taken for granted what Jonesy bought and we haven't really realized what he did until it was gone. And I think there were times last weekend where the, the setup was brilliant. The puck movement was very good, but for whatever reason, from what I felt, there was one too many passes, the shot didn't quite come off properly or as intended. And there was elements of it looked really nice. I think it's just trying to spend a couple of sessions this week in training and just hopefully hammer that and hopefully yeah. see the benefits of it at the weekend. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think there were times where you say there were times where it looked nice, the pass there were maybe any extra pass. I think there were times where we were making that pass into the slot where Chris Jones would usually be but the player in that slot wasn't Chris Jones in the shot that the team were expecting to come, didn't come. But again, that will, that will, you had guys like Ben Davies, Alan Picodzi in that role who perhaps aren't used to the, the system, aren't as used to the power play system. And there were also times, particularly in the second game on Sunday, and it may have been down to a bit of tiredness, but on the second game on Sunday where I felt, and I think it, again, it got picked up on commentary by the um, Steel Dogs commentators, it felt a bit static at times. You know, there were guy times where Ben Davies in particular had the puck and it felt like the other four guys were standing still and not giving him the option. And he was kind of just getting isolated. So obviously, as you say, hopefully a couple of training sessions and a bit more practice on the power play and they all kind of sharpened up into their roles because obviously the power play does change when you don't have a guy like Chris Jones on there. And obviously also we've lost Tyler Van Cleef, who was a big part of that power play last year as well. And, you know, it does it does make people have to play in different positions to how they would usually do. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And I think that kind of brings us kind of nicely towards the end of, of this shorter episode. We know that like we touched on last weekend, we've touched on this weekend, we've touched on the Bees roster. Uh, I guess now the most important thing to do is say, Joe, tell us about NIHL stats. Uh, yeah, uh, last week was our best week ever with nearly 1,500 hits over the weekend. Um, we've got all the stats of the Spring Cup, no matter how hard the EIHA will try and tell you that they're doing it. Um, we are endeavouring to do live game sheets for all four games of the weekend. So you'll have Swindon Bracknell from 3 o'clock on Saturday and Raiders versus Telford from 6.30, I want to say, on Saturday night and vice versa on Sunday in the reverse fixtures. Um North Cup, which was announced this week. We also have a page for that if you want to check it out. There's not much on there at the moment because teams are being built as we speak. Um, but yeah, thank you for all the support. Uh, thank you for always letting me come on here as a semi-regular guest. <laughs> and allowing me to plug my stuff. 
And remind us of the website and the Twitter handle. Uh, it's at NIHL Stats on Twitter. Uh, it's fairly easy to find. And nihlstats.wordpress.com. There's also a link on the Twitter page if you want to feel free. DMs are there if you want to ask a question, ask away. There is plenty of stuff I have. And um, yeah, feel free. Tom, super slick. Tom. Tom was super slick. Anything else for you? No, no, nothing, nothing else for me. I don't think. I'm just let's let's all look forward to another kind of weekend of Wildcats hockey. And also, we don't, we won't be able to. We'll be also seeing the other two teams in the competition get on underway in um, Telford and the Raiders. So it'll be interesting to see how those games go. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about those rosters when we come to play them in a few weeks' time down the line. So that'll be. And some, something to talk to. I know I'm aware that neither of those losses are finished yet, so we will possibly see some um, changes between now and the time we play them. But it'll be hopefully some good games. And yeah, let's hope that you know the performances stay good, but we can get the results to match this time. Yeah, like you said, we'll we'll talk more about the uh, the Tigers and the Raiders when we kind of come to play them. We were going to speak about them in this episode, but I, we both we all both we all think that there's a uh, still potentially a few more changes and lineups coming for those teams um so yeah let's let's see what the see what the weekend brings um yeah so saturday night at the link center um 3p 3 p.m uh the cats against the bees 2 p.m and this is the return fixture on the sunday afternoon and yeah raiders tigers uh saturday night and and sunday as well so wherever wherever you get to watch them hockey this weekend enjoy it um if you're going to be tuning into the cat stream I know I'll be saying it on Saturday night as well. So, you know, 50-50 tickets, shirt raffle tickets, they'll all be online. Make sure you support the club. And if you're not tuning into the Cats game, do the same for for the Bees, uh, the Raiders and the Tigers in, in their in their streams. So I guess all that's left for me to say is thank you two for, uh, for joining us once again. I'm sure we'll hear from you both next week or the week after. Thanks again to to Balint for uh, joining us as well. It was great to hear his insight on, on how things have gone and how things are going. So... Take care, um, enjoy the hockey of the weekend and we'll speak to you soon.